Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord. We do bring an offering of praise to you, Lord. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Lord of our lives. Jesus, you came into this world to die on the cross for our sins, to rise from the grave, to live a sinless, perfect life. And you came by way of the manger in Bethlehem. And Lord, here at this time of the season, that's what we celebrate, the incarnation, Emmanuel, God with us. Lord Jesus, let that truth sink deep into our hearts today. Each and every one of us, God, let the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ, not only coming into this world, but coming into our lives, let it change us and transform us by the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree with that prayer, please say amen. 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 You may have a seat. You may have a seat. Well, it's, it's that time of year. It's Christmas. Ready or not, here it comes. We're one week away, and it's my favorite time of the year. I love Christmas time. I love Christmas, and I love Easter because we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and just a wonderful time to be with family and friends, and I can't think of a better place to be on Sunday morning than sharing the scriptures with you guys. So please turn in your Bibles this morning to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. As I was preparing to teach this week, you know, uh, I looked at my, my history. The past six or seven years, every Sunday before Christmas, I preached out of the Gospel of Matthew or the Gospel of Luke from the birth of Christ. But I went on a search this week. I want to find another passage in the Bible that uh, summarizes and talks about the birth of Jesus. And I found it. Just like we say, what is John 3.16? It's the gospel in a nutshell. That's what, that's, that's what the, the, the salvation plan is found in John 3.16. Well, the birth of Christ, uh, Bible verse in a nutshell, is Galatians 4.4. Galatians 4.4, I want to read it to you. Galatians 4.4 says, When the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. That one Bible verse summarizes the entire message of Christmas. So what I'm, my, the title of my sermon this morning is God's Christmas Gift to You. And in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, this encapsulates the message of Christmas. So I'm calling it Christmas in the book of Galatians. So let's look at the story of Christmas from the book of Galatians. Do we remember what the reason for the book of Galatians? Paul was dealing with churches that were letting legalism creep in, and he was having to defend the doctrine of grace, and he had to remind them that it's by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. And in this book of Galatians, he also includes the doctrine of Jesus' birth. So uh, let's, let's take a look at it this morning. You know, one of my favorite parts of Christmas every year is opening gifts on Christmas morning. What present are you hoping for this morning, this coming Sunday, for Christmas? Does everybody have that favorite gift in mind? Uh, I guess it was about three weeks ago, me and Irene took a road trip to Augusta. We went down to Cabela's because our kids like stuff from Cabela's, their, their clothing and all their attire. And uh, so we were shopping in Cabela's, and I was going through the fishing section, and then all of a sudden, my eyes laid hold of it. The Garmin Echo 93. Now, if y'all don't know what that is, that's a fish finder, okay? 
That's a fish finder. And Irene's like, what are you doing? Why, why are you stopping here? We need to go look at the clothing. I'm like, but honey, there's these Garmin Echoes uh, fish finders on sale. And so she come and walk. I was like, look, it's got down imaging. It's got side imaging. It's got, if you see a fish off the side, you can move the little chart over, hit the dot, hit a button, and your boat will go over there and sit on top of the fish. It's got the lake contours, the lake maps. It has the, the um, color coding for all the different depths so you can actually look on the map because I like the striper fish on Lake Murray. And so I was like, honey, you got to come look at this. you got to come look at this. And, you know, and it wasn't until I explained to her all the things that it did. She was like, wow, that is pretty amazing. So I'm kind of hoping I get that for Christmas. And I kind of conveyed that message to her. But here's my question for you this morning as it relates to our message. Do you understand everything that comes with the gospel? Do you understand what salvation is and what it brings to the table? Okay, It's huge. It's humongous. I don't even think half of us, I'm still learning, I don't think we fully understand everything that comes with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what I want to talk to you this morning is I want to talk to you about God's Christmas gift to you. Do we know everything that comes with trusting in Jesus? I want to unpack this this morning in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, he's going to explain the, the message of Christmas. And then verses 5, 6, and 7 are going to be our application. What do we do with this truth? So y'all ready to dive into it? All right, let's do it. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 says, And when the fullness of time came... God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. So Galatians 4.4 is the birth of Christ in a nutshell. It is what John 3.16 is to the gospel. This explains to us the message, the true message of Christmas. So let's break it down. The first opening part of the verse, Galatians 4.4 says, And when the fullness of time came. The first thing we need to understand is this. Christmas is about the fulfillment of God's promise. That's what Christmas is. It's the fulfillment of God's promise made in the Old Testament. At the exact appointed time set by the Father, Jesus entered into our world. It was not by accident. It was not coincidental. His birth was executed by the sovereign plan with God's precision uh, on it. It was his plan, and he, he executed it to perfection. Prior to the birth, Israel was in waiting. God told them he would send a son. So they weren't in dark. They, they weren't in waiting. They didn't know what was going to happen, or they didn't know what was not going to happen. They had the scriptures. They knew what was going to happen. And I want to share some of those verses with you from the Old Testament that point to the birth of Christ. The first one is what we call the Proto-Evangelium, which means the first gospel, and it's found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. So this is the first, God's first word to the nation of Israel before Christ came, found in Genesis. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. Now God is actually speaking this verse, speaking this, making this statement to Satan. And he's saying that when my son comes, He is going to strike you on the head, and he is going to destroy you, and your head is going to strike his heel. You see, at the cross, Jesus destroyed the works of Satan by the power of the cross, by the power of the shed blood of Jesus. 
That's how powerful the cross is. When you move beyond religion into reality and you embrace the truth of the cross that Jesus died uh, as a propitiation for our sin, he took on the wrath of God, and not only take on the wrath of God paying the price for our sin, but he also by the cross defeated Satan. He destroyed his works. And all it takes for you and I to partake of that is to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. So he promised them, God promised ancient Israel his son would come and destroy Satan. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, about 750 years before the birth of Christ. Isaiah says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she shall call his name Emmanuel. So here in the book of Isaiah, we have uh, the God revealing that it will be a, a virgin will have a miraculous conception of a child. And we know now, after the fact, that was Mary. And it says his name shall be Emmanuel, which is God with us. So they were given the picture. They were given the picture in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. In other words, he's saying, Israel, this child that is going to be born in the future, he is going to have the highest place of authority in all the universe. Everything bows to Jesus. We bow to Jesus, the unbelievers bow to Jesus, this world bows to Jesus. Because he has the highest place of authority. He is our wonderful counselor. He is our mighty God. He's our eternal father and uh, the prince of peace. And the government will rest upon his shoulders. There's a future kingdom coming one day. It will not be a democracy. It will be a theocracy where Jesus Christ rules and reigns in a literal 1,000-year millennial reign of Christ. How about location? How about location? God gets very precise in the Old Testament. Listen to Micah 5.2. Micah 5.2. Uh, but as for you, Bethlehem, Ephra, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His going forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. So God even lays it out before Christ came that his son Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. I've actually been to Bethlehem. It's a small town. It's an outskirt town of, of Jerusalem. There's farmers, there's a, it's a small village. It had a very low population during the time of Christ. But it was in this city of Bethlehem that Jesus would be born. And then it says at the very end of the verse, uh, his going forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. In other words, Jesus Christ was not created at his birth. He stepped out of eternity. He, he left the Father's side and came into this world. We call that the Incarnation. But going back to Galatians 4.4, but when the fullness of time came, God told them from the very beginning, my son is coming, promise made, promise kept. That's what that speaks to us. Now, how does this apply to us today? Thinking about the promise of the Old Testament that Christ will come and he came. How does that apply to us today? You and I, friends and family, we are just like the nation of Israel in a way. We have the New Testament prophecies of Scripture saying that he will come again. No man, nobody knows the day. Nobody knows the hour. We can't predict it. It could happen before I finish this message. It might be another hundred years. No man knows. But we have the promise 
just like Israel did, that he will come again. It's called the rapture of the church, where the Lord Jesus Christ comes back for the body of Christ and takes them home to be with him in heaven. So it's the same situation. God is sovereign. God is precision. He has a set date where he will come again in his sovereign plan. Christmas is about the fulfillment of God's promise. Let's continue. I broke, I'm spending a lot of time on verse 4. Because there's, there's really four parts of this verse. Back at verse 4, it says, God sent forth his son. Look at the second part of it. It says, God sent forth his son. There's a lot there. Christmas is the story of the first missionary. Do you know that? Paul was not the first missionary. Peter was not the first missionary. Jesus was the first missionary. Notice this phrase, God sent forth his son. Notice the grammatical structure of it. We have two nouns separated by a verb. You have God, then sent, then his son. This speaks of the father and the son. This, is, uh, this speaks of the trinity, that the father sent the son. Uh, this, the Greek word is, is apostello, which is a very close word, a very closely related word to the word apostolos, which we get the word apostle, the one that's sent forth. Uh, this word, this phrase sent is also used in other places in the New Testament. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, uh, John uses the exact same Greek word when he says, By this the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through him. Then 1 John 4.10, same word. He sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. 1 John 4.14, the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Jesus Christ was the very first missionary. So the story of Christmas is the very first missions trip of the New Testament. This is what it is. It is God the Father turning to his son and saying, Son, it's showtime. Leave your throne. Head down to earth. Take on flesh. Be born of a babe and go to the cross. That is the beautiful, glorious, wonderful, heartwarming, 